Christopher, Christopher, how have you been dealing with the snow? Poorly. It's been awful. Go on. Um, their back door has <clears throat> what can only be described as a leak. Oh. That's, um, well, cause that, it's weird because it's a horizontal surface that doesn't contain... Sorry, it's a vertical surface that doesn't contain water, so I'm wondering how it leaks. What is leaking is cold. Uh, a hole. Not a hole, more of a gap. Oh, okay, right. And so it's cold downstairs. It is cold downstairs. So, we, like yesterday, we had the fires going, both of them. Okay. And all the heating on. And I was like, oh, this is nice, sitting there eating my dinner. And then I went upstairs into my room, which has underfloor heating. Oh, nice. All the windows closed, the airing cupboard open, and a radiator <laughs> on, and I almost passed out. <laughs> it was so hot, I had to open my windows. That's that. That's that. You're the reason why this world is going to be destroyed. <laughs> it was just uncomfortable. My my partner Mary, you know Mary. I don't know why I called her my partner Mary. I guess because I might use this for the show. I'm vaguely um, aware of her. Yeah. Um, she put the heating on overnight at 25 degrees. Oh. Uh, and like, I get that you're cold, but also you could fucking boil an egg. <laughs> <laughs> And like, like, I think like I woke up at I woke up at one a.m. just like desert dry, yeah. parched and staggering around in my knickers, trying just trying to thumb down the thermostat in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> so then I went and pushed myself up against the window just to cool down <laughs> and startling the late night passers by. Mm-hmm. Well, they shouldn't be walking past my house, should they? No, nope, that's that's on them. If they don't want to see my giant flabby torso, don't look towards my my flat. Yeah, ever. My, yeah, because that's what you. you will see. Yeah, that, that's how I record this podcast. <laughs> Squeaking up against the glass, mm, daddy like. <laughs> I I think I think actually Papa like is better than daddy like. Yeah, because like I don't think anyone actually calls like their sexual partner Papa. No, or like they might do, but it's it's, it's not common. Unlike 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 Papi, like that sort of Hispanic thing. Il Papi. Yeah, uh, I, you think you're mixing up the languages there, but hey ho. I'm doing what I can. Okay. Uh, you just gone for European. Yep. I like to keep uh, it fresh and vague. Where? <laughs> the new collection from Christopher Taylor. <laughs> fresh and vague. Ooh. Is that a smell? Mm. Is it? No. Oh well. Yeah. Um, no, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, sorry. It's, it's, that's it's fine. My, that's, that's another one of my catalogue of scents. It wasn't. <laughs> The scent of forgetting. Or did it? Did it just? Is that what the smell does? <laughs> no, no. It just smells like. Hang on. Did I? Oh, did I? Oh no. I okay, it can't have been that important. I'll come back around to it. Yeah, I'll yeah. remember it later. Yeah. Should we podcast this up? Yeah, let's podcast. Have you got ideas for an intro? Because I'm not sure whether that golf intro worked yesterday. I think it was terrible. That's that's not that's a bit cruel. <laughs> so it's my fucking intro. What's what's wrong with the classic hello and welcome to Harkin okay, Dice okay, Friends? I'm very, I'm very sorry. Let me just recreate your intro. What do you think? It was stunning. Mm. Brisk. Fresh, uh, avant-garde, uh, new. Unobtrusive. Oh, he was really pushing the envelope of, of the medium. Uh, you can only podcast jazz because it's, it's, it's all about the points you don't fucking make. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it negative, keep it vague. All right, let's start the show. Let's but do seriously, it. is there any sort of intros, or should we just do the questions? Because it's kind of like all the professional podcasts do intros. Well, what do all the professional podcasts do in their intros? What's what's well, the schematic? 
they talk about something that they're passionate about or interested about, and sometimes it's related to the show. Like, if the show has a theme, so if it's like a video games podcast, they'll say, oh, I've been playing this this week, or like, oh, I'm really excited about this, or have you, have you heard the news about this? And they talk about that, or, the, or like, they might say, here's something interesting I did this week. I shot a kid. That sort of thing. Jesus. That's from, that's from Die Hard. Have you seen the film Die Hard? I have. Yeah, okay, cool. That's the guy from Die Hard, the cop. Oh. The other cop. The outside cop. Oh, the outside not, cop. Not the indoor cop McLean, the downstairs cop. Right. Who buys Twinkies for wife. I think I think the, my problem is that the, the interesting thing I did this week was record this podcast. You know? Right, yeah. I guess maybe we need to lead fuller lives. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe that's it. I think it's, it's, it's maybe a, a quality of life increase that's needed. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of Hearty Dice Friends, the role-playing game advice podcast. I'm changing up, I think we should just be the. Okay, just go, just go capital a. letters. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, that's right, the first one you thought of. Yeah. My name's Grant Howitt, this this fellow over here is Christopher Taylor. So Hello. Chris. Hi, how hey. you doing? Hey, I'm good. Hi. Hey. Hey. Hi. Hello. I'm all wrapped up against the interminable snow. I was I was blanketed this morning like a sort of dude burrito. It was great. Mmm, cozy. I had a cat within arm's reach, and I just poked enough of I poked a, a, enough of the other arm out of the blanket to look at my phone. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was just great, like right next to your face. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yep. yeah. No, no glasses on. Nothing no. Like that. It is cold in Britain. And it we, is, it we is just snow. can't handle it. No, we don't have the infrastructure for it, bless our hearts. We don't, like, snow is such an in-common occurrence. In-common? Non-common. Uncommon occurrence in the UK. So discommon. That we just don't have the things in place to deal with it, and we're better off losing a few days to um, low-efficiency shit, which means the trains <laughs> stop running. And, like, Scotland's closed? Yep, they just closed the wall. There's no trains running, there's no aeroplanes running none of the schools are open and as far as i can tell scotland has been lost to the to the void yep and people are genuinely afraid to use their cars yes it's a bad scene it is it is snow and i'm sure to every listener who comes from a country that has actual snow would be like hey buddy i shit more snow than that hey i'm walking here get out of my way but to i don't know where i think he was from new york yeah i think he was but they get they get snow, so that's fine. Yeah, they get snow, um, and they sure do love complaining about it. But they, <laughs> I think, I think they can actually complain about snow rather than the bullshit sort of. It's actually it's actually sort of nice over here. Yeah, rather it's fairly than, pleasant. I, I lived in New York for a while. I'm pretty sure that snow was at least sixty percent needles. Mm. It used to form. It used to form sort of pit traps at the edge, um, like around the potholes. Oh, that's the, clever! Like, like the like the top of a pothole would freeze, but not the bottom. And so you'd be like, ah, time to go get my coffee. And you, because I taught her that when I was in New York, and I put my foot down into the pothole, and then my entire boot would soak up the water. Oh. and that's that's why I've got this wooden foot. <laughs> yeah, that's all that all that frostbite from potholes. Yeah, yeah, it was real bad. But we are. Thankfully, wrapped up warm against the cold. We've got our jumpers on. I am not joking. Wearing a hat. <laughs> I am wearing my warmest hat. 
I, the thing is, I don't wear it outdoors because I'm vain. I go outside and like and like I'm dressed in like like flowing black clothing and hoods and face masks and dark glasses. And I come back in and I put on these tartan pajamas and a big hat. <laughs> Hello, it's time for podcast. The public face of HDF. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, ask me a question. Fans asks, I need to curse a wedding. What's a good one to lay on them? Curse a wedding. Um, not, that's, that's the thing. Like, I assume fans is referring to a role playing wedding, but let's 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 not. <laughs> I mean, first off, are we cursing the wedding itself, like the event? Hmm. Or are we cursing the marriage? Well, it says what's a good one to lay on them. So, I think I think I think we've got wiggle room either way. Okay, because like cursing the wedding, that's mm-hmm. going to be something exploding cakes. That's that's pranking the wedding. Yeah, but not if it kills seven. I think that's just more of an extreme prank. <laughs> okay. What what is terrorism? But high caliber pranks. Just it was just a Jake, bro. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I think that that's not really a curse because it doesn't involve magic. No, that's true. I think like I want I want some witchy woo pointing fingers, yelling from the tree line, that sort of curse. <laughs> or or tigers. I think nature's little curses. Yeah, I think that may have sort of just edged back into jape territory. Is that is that a prank? Yeah. Tiger don't know it's a prank. <laughs> Tiger thinks it's real. Tiger thinks it's real. We done dressed up the guests as deer. I don't know. What do tigers eat? They, they live in the jungle, don't they? Um, smaller tigers. Hippopotamus? No, that nothing eats hippopotamus. No, that's true. Kings of the savannah. Would you rather be a hippopotamus or a rhino? Because my answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be a hippopotamus with a horn? No. Oh. Hippopotamus or rhino? What do you want to be? Hippopotamus. Okay, I'll go rhino. Okay. I feel I've got more of a status as like a mount, but I guess I don't. I don't know whether I want to be used as a mount. You know. No. I, I but want, then again, I want to be involved. I want to just really piss off crocodiles. That's what I want to do. That's true. Yeah, and just 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 be the biggest, tubbliest motherfucker. Yeah, it's like what, what? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I'm a hippopotamus. <laughs> the deserts of Africa are harsh, unforbidding places. However, the hippopotamus is a giant fat fuck that can't be killed. <laughs> who, lives, who lives like a goddamn king. <laughs> This one's built a throne out of his enemies. <laughs> the stolen molars of other hippopotami. So, like, while we're on the subject of big, big tubby mammals, wow, the the dugong, or the or the or the manatee, the sea cow, the sea cow. I discovered they have no natural predators because they're just too big. You can't eat them. That's the thing, you can't eat them. It's, it's the same way that sofas have no natural predators. <laughs> <laughs> the sofas aren't delicious. I mean, there is that. that that's, that's very true. But it, it's, it's like, I want you to imagine a load of wolves trying to take down a sofa. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And so manatees just sort of scud around, eating bits of green they find off the bottom, looking incredibly calm. Yep. I, I love that. Like the... hippos, hippos are aggro motherfuckers. Yes, they really are. They're, they're, they're more dangerous, I think, than guns. More people are killed by hippos than guns and heart disease and cars combined every year. And death itself. That doesn't that doesn't uh, that doesn't count hippos driving cars. I should say. No, they they cannot. They are very bad at it. That's exempt from <laughs> so many dead. But they do this try. Wa- this wedding we're cursing. This sorry, yes, this wedding. Mm. Hippos. 
No, that's a blessing. <laughs> oh, great hippo. Ah, uh, great omen has been placed upon us. <laughs> the portents are good for the marriage. Fish the vicar Proceed. out of his mouth and have the remains bless us. <laughs> I, okay, pro- a proper curse for a wedding. Um, there's sort of, sort of like, you won't have children seems a bit cliched. Yeah, but you, you will have children, but one of them's going to be a bit of an asshole. That's even more cliched. Yeah, I guess. What if all of your children are assholes? There you go. All your children will be real dicks! What if your child is all assholes? Oh god, what, just like, like soup to nuts, head to toe, yeah. asshole. Just well, assholes. Asshole, asshole to asshole would be, yeah. the, would be the phrase you'd use there. I, how would it survive? It wouldn't. I don't know. Okay, right. Okay, because I mean, that's a pretty cool, a pretty cruel curse. Yeah. That you're going you're gonna to give birth to a baby. Unfortunately, it's nothing but ass. <laughs> it's just an ass. You mean the fleshy part? Not even that. No. No, this is just straight rectum, son. This is this is pure sphincter. Um, it's a sphere of sphincter. I, hmm. Okay. Serious, serious thought. Mm. Curse a wedding. May you both get exactly what you hoped for, but not what you needed. Oh. That's a bit subtle, that one. There's a bit. Maybe a little bit too subtle. May you both get eaten by a tiger. <laughs> May a hippopotamus drive your wedding car. <laughs> Hop in. Are you, are you sure about this, honey? I mean, he's a hippopotamus. What, I didn't know I married a racist? And that's the problem. That's the issue. That's, that, that's the first crack in the dam of their marriage. Big old and, hippo racist. And then, like, and then like four years later, um, they'll just be sitting there and like he'll be doing a crossword and she'll turn to him and go like... You know, I still can't get over what you said about a driver. Oh my god, Julia, this again? <laughs> they can't drive. That's not for you to say, Stephen. <laughs> That's it. That's the curse. Let's move on. Ask me a question. All right. Uh, let me see. Huey Tonto asks, mm-hmm. is it more fun making good guys or bad guys as game designers? I like making good guys, honestly. I think making good guys is genuinely harder. Yeah, because well, coming up with a, coming up with a villainous motivation is actually super yeah. easy. Like, well, I, I want, want to kill everything. Well, I want the thing. I want the thing. The thing is mine. I deserve the thing. C- c- can I have the thing? I'd rather you didn't have the thing. Well, you will die. <laughs> I will use many plots to get the thing. The more things I need, the more evil I become. And for some reason, I'm going to build a lot of redundancies into my plan, just in case mm. something goes a slightly awry. <laughs> I'm also going to shave off all my hair and really get into collars. <laughs> collars and moustaches. Yes, big collars, I think. I want yes. the sort of collar that could blind someone I was hugging. Although I don't hug people, on account of the whole villain thing. Also, I'm going to need a staff or a cane. Mm, One of the two. Probably a staff. I prefer staffs. Are we, build- are we building a vizier? Are, we, are just, we just building Jafar? I don't think he was bald. I don't think He never took off his hat, did he? No. Genie no. version wasn't bald. He had the top knot. Yeah. Um, hmm. I think, that, but like building a baddie, it's like you, 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 you get into those, you know, the deep human motivations of like of, of want and lust and greed and things which make us make bad decisions. But and then and then and then focus how that how that person is okay with hurting people, how that person is okay with um, causing causing distress to others, and then you set them opposite the players. Uh, whatever, fine. The I think the interesting thing for me is having a good guy who is interesting and flawed. Yep. 
and even better is a good guy who is doing slightly the wrong thing the players have to stop yeah and it's also a good place that you can put in things like uh, parallel characters essentially mm, and organisations yeah and organisations that want the same things as the players but are doing nastier things to get it yeah and that gives you that nice sort of mirror reflection look yeah, mirror also, reflection like, look. Sentences. <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's mirror reflection look. <laughs> Maybe should, seen a picture of self in looking glass. Should know, reader. Uh, Chris has not used the mirror for four years. <laughs> I'm terrified of them. <laughs> he believes they're cursed. <laughs> they're, they're the worst things. Mirrors, nature's tigers. Have you seen a horror film? Um, bet there was a mirror in that where something nasty happened. That's true, actually. Like, I, I think I have seen bad things. But also, I've seen a lot of action films where people see things in mirrors and then react to them just in time. Yeah, just in time to get eaten. No, that's an action film. So they get out because it's like, wait, what's that? Someone's sneaking up behind me. Watcha! Punch! Watcha! Kick! Knee! Neck snap. And then the evil version of them comes out of the mirror, replaces them. Different films. Oh. That, also, that was Legend of Zelda, I think you're describing. Possibly. Yes, against Middlelink. Yeah. I think there was a middle link. Yeah, he had a big cane and a, and a vizier moustache. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say anything because he's fucking linked. He just went a lot. Anyway, so mirrors are evil. Well, we oh, okay. What's more evil, mirrors or horses? Mirrors. I'd argue that neither are intrinsically evil, but they're both malevolent. Ah, but mirrors are born evil, and can, and can be redeemed. Horses oh, okay. are born good and turn to evil. Yeah, there was that mirror priest a few years ago. I remember. Mm. <laughs> Or well, maybe that's just a priest looking in a mirror. Point is, good guys are more interesting, I think, because no one thinks they're the bad guys. No one turns up and says, well, I'm going to be really evil. Everyone believes their actions are justified, and if they don't, they justify them afterwards. Yeah. Right. And that rationalisation is a really fun part of the creation process. Yeah, for sure. And like, and like, we all do things that we'd rather we didn't do and then rationalise it afterwards, just in terms of, like, I think, like, in terms of diet, you know? It doesn't have to be like I, I I drowned a dog because I wanted to get its collar. It's more like oh you know what, I had I had a banana for breakfast today, so I'm okay to have loads of crisps for lunch. I don't have loads of crisps for lunch. Have a fruit. I walked downstairs today. It's perfectly okay for me the, for me to eat the whole gatto. I'm going to have a whole cheese. Hmm. I do um, like a whole cheese. <laughs> I'm going to treat this like like, like a chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> like like a big creamy Yorkie. Oh yeah. Mm, this caramax a bit tangy. You're speaking my language. <laughs> Chris Chris invented travelling cheese, which is which is cheese you eat from the fridge, between, on the walk between the fridge to the sofa. Yeah, that's you just, that that's just travelling cheese. That's just to keep you interested not... while you while you're walking. <laughs> you enormous bastard. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> You're going to die earlier than you need to, and I'll miss you. <laughs> but it will be a delicious death. Well, that's true. I guess we. I guess, I guess like we, we. We could probably just pluck your heart out and, and and take and take the fine fatty deposits around there, like a sort of foie gras. Oh God! Think about how delicious I'll be when I die. I don't know, man. Like you're on a lot of drugs. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you're legal to serve as food like, <laughs> anywhere with that. Like, I mean, maybe like. Paraguay it says here you're listed under controlled substances. It's, sorry, I, I just I just try, I tried to pull up your, your your birth record, but it just says this is not a place of honour on it. It's weird. <laughs> uh, I've got a question.
question for you. Ask it. Schizophrenic asks, what do you think of HP? Now, there are four possible meanings for this question. All which right. Are, Hit me with one of them. Uh, higher purchase. Higher purchase? I'll be honest, I don't fully understand higher purchase. It's uh, it's sort of like you, you own something, but you, you hire it, and then you pay slightly more to hire it, and then you own it. Oh, it's not H-I-G-H-E-R. No, no. I always no. thought it was higher purchase. No. Like a purchase on top of something. Secondly, Hewlett Packard. Now, they've made some interesting laptops over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, I don't welcome, buy from Welcome those to Laptop of, Chat. Generally speaking, I don't buy from those sorts of companies. Ah, was that ethical concerns? No, it's cheaper not to. Okay. HP Source? Don't know what HP Source stands for, and I am going to look that up now. Hewlett Packard. That's not what it stands for. Wouldn't it be great if it did? It's all diodes. <laughs> it's nothing but H- diodes all the way down. It's produced by HP Foods in the United Kingdom, which doesn't help me at all. No. Herman Proctor. How powerful. It used to be the Midlands Vinegar Company and Smedley HP <laughs> Smedley HP I, I don't know why they didn't just call it Smedley Brown that's the worst available thing I don't mean to alarm you it produces both HP and daddy sauce I believe those were rivals uh, so did I honestly What's, why would you produce both corner of the market get a monopoly on the brown sauce that's true yeah yeah. Um, and of course the final one is Harry Potter Oh, Harry, I love Harry Potter. Why? Because it's so much fun. I want to be a wizard at school. Because fucking, school was a trying time for me. Fucking destiny wizard. Yeah. Oh, the boy who didn't die. Yeah, well, lots of boys who didn't die, aren't there? <laughs> sorry, sorry. So is, is it the boy who lived or the boy who didn't die? Yes. Whatever. Rowling. Yeah, that bit's a bit lame. But the whole school thing, that's cool. Tell them yeah, you, don't, you wa- don't want to go to a wizard school instead of, think- instead of the school you went to. Put it this way, I think I would like to be a wizard, mm-hmm. but like, what? A, like, there was no sex education classes at Hogwarts. You don't know that they just didn't show them. That's true. That's true. I, I, I guess, like, according to the books, no one did a really beefy shit at any point. <laughs> no, and also nobody did maths or English. No, which like, I, I assume that they learned that at primary school, and then you know. Do, and then do not further their education in that. Do you think? Do you think it's a bit like like if you go and play tennis like like semi professionally when you're a child? Do you spend most of your time doing tennis and then you have to go and learn English like in your own at home? time? Get a tutor. Sorry, this is tremendously boring. Um, that was that was all four <laughs> versions of HP and not the one which which Schizophrenic meant, which was hit points, hit points, or health points, or health points. Depending on who you are. Uh, well, I think we should go for hit points. So do I, because it's hit dice. Yes. Fuck hit points. Fuck them. I think. Fuck them. I think that's where I'm at with them. Yeah, like, could you not have thought of something better? Well, look, it was the seventies, man. Okay. <laughs> it was acceptable then. They were they were times. dealing with they were dealing with some stuff, including having like d one like d percentile skill checks in a d twenty based game. Hmm. They were, they were Strength 1908. Yeah, look, webs, man, webs. Point is, hit points need to go. Yeah. I, to go. I, am, I am also of the opinion that percentile dice need to go, but that's, no. that's a different... Yeah, I know, it's a difference of opinion between you and me. But I think that they are... 
they work okay for D&D, but it's never interesting to lose them or gain them or to go down. And if anyone goes down, it's always like, oh, oh I'm down. Yeah. Like, it's not exciting. And like that should be the exciting bit of D&D, because it sure as fuck isn't the other bits. Should say. <laughs> I love Zoom. D&D. I don't know why I keep playing it. I do like it, though. Yeah. I guess guess because it it forms something that I can make up my own bullshit off. Yeah, it's a platform. I mean, that's what all RPGs are, but it's a fairly... The good thing about D&D is that it is a fairly well-established game. And I don't mean that in, like, it's been around for years. Mm. I mean in that there's a rule for everything. Yeah. So if you can't think of something, you've got to fall back. And everyone's broadly aware of it. Yeah. And it's a great intro. magic missiles, that sort of thing. But hit points are a part of that game that just don't make a bunch of sense. It's just because the game's very granular. It's got your five foot steps and your 30 foot uh, cones of magic and doing XD6 damage and what have you. And that's all very granular. And then it's got, well, you are, let's say you have 100 hit points. If a sword hits you, you are about 9% dead. (laughs) There are roughly 11 sword insertions (laughs) before you die. You know those magicians' tricks where they put the swords into the box. Yeah, it's that, that but that, but without the box. <laughs> You're it the also, box. It also it gets really weird to describe because we've got like you've got your armor class, and your armor class is something's going to go boing off my armor. I've got my shield. Something goes boing off my shield. I've got my dexterity bonus, which is me going out the way. Yeah, that special effects though. That yeah, that was, that was bad. Yeah. Now the problem with that is if someone rolls more than my armor class to hit me, that assumes they've hit a soft bit yeah. with the pointy bit of their weapon. And there's only so many ways I can describe you've been stabbed before it stops being threatening because, like, you've been stabbed, but not in a bad way. <laughs> it's just a really minor stabbing. It's basically fine. And so, like, um, so Chris Knight, because we are game designers, uh, have you know? Yeah, yeah. game designers here. Game designers. We uh, we wrote Unbound, and so Unbound has uh, stamina and wounds, and which runs a bit like um, Halo, I guess actually. Yeah. You've got you've got a, a regenerating shield, and you can do things like take cover to bring your stamina back up. And then if you run out of stamina and you take a hit, you take a wound, which is much more serious and generally more interesting. And potentially deadly. Potentially deadly. Mm-hmm. But that means that when you get hurt, it's exciting and it pushes the story forward rather than you keel over and nothing happens. Yeah. You, and. The- Hit points are not story-driving mechanics. Nah, not especially. They're just sponges, and there's only one hit point that actually does anything. Yeah. Which is the last hit point you have. Everything else is just ablative on top of that. What's what's your phrase as a healer? There's only one hit point that matters? Yeah, only one hit point that matters. As long as you keep keep them with one hit point, fine. I'm inclined to disagree, because the other ones are really useful for not having that one matter. But you are you are a more established healer than me, so I'm, I'm also inclined to defer. <laughs> but also, uh, something only happens when that hit point yes, is gone. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Something only occurs at that point. That's yeah, the trigger. That, uh, like, it's all risk up to that point. Yeah. I will say one thing. I like, I like how... So, like, D&D doesn't have rule. It doesn't have the death spiral. Which yeah. is for people who've not, who've not listened to the entirety of this podcast, because I think we've referenced to it before... Um, the, the death spiral is when you get hurt, you take penalties to do actions, so you take, so you fail more, which means you get hurt more and you die, and that's kind of how World of Darkness works, for example. And most game, I think Seventh C gives you 
bonuses on your last hit level, on your last level of damage. Yeah. Which I like. That's a solid but, way of doing it. It's a solid way of doing it, but um, D&D doesn't do that. And so that's kind of neat in that it means that you know what your chances are. You know how to fight. And in a, especially in something like 4th Ed D&D, which is, has, has a tactical a- application, running it as a tactical miniatures war game means that like, you've got these encounter powers, you've got these things you can do, and so you have this toolbox of powers. And your hit points are another toolbox of powers rather than, uh, rather than I've been attacked, so now I'm going to be shit for the rest of the fight. Yeah. You know? So I think I, I I think we can do better. I think it, I think it's time to move on, yeah, both let's... from hit points and this question. Yeah, let's move on to one from one from Twitter. Ooh. Avi Public asks, "What are the best biscuits for bringing to role playing, or just the best biscuits?" Mm. Thanks, okay. Avi. Thanks, Avi. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 bang on trend with that one. <laughs> so. Recently, I have been <clears throat> indulging in a chocolate digestive. I will never kick a t- chocolate digestive out of bed. Right? They're safe as a biscuit, aren't they? Oh, safe as a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. if there's a plate of those in the middle of a table, you're not going to go, well, that's shit. And yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it's not even like hobnobs, because hobnobs get stuck in your teeth, let's yep. be honest with you. It's a, it's, a, um, it's a contract you're signing with the biscuit. It's a long-term relationship. You're going to be picking oats out for, for weeks yeah. to come. Eating a hobnob is an investment. Yeah, whereas a digestive, I will say plain digestives can get to fuck. Oh, can't they just? Too what dry. What is that? Too powdery. You can make, like, you can put some stilton on them if you're a bit weird. Yeah, who does that? Uh, I don't know, my dad did that. Maybe he just really wanted some Stilton and didn't want to look out of place. Well, we had other crackers available. Oh. Oh, oh, actually, you know what? Sorry. The bottom of banoffee pies and cheesecakes. Oh, well, that's where digestives live. Your buttery biscuit base. Yep. Yeah. That's what they call me. Good. Yeah. Um, So, basically, breadcrumbs of biscuits, that's what digestives should be. Yep. Unless they're chocolate-coated, at which point, have a nibble, you'll enjoy the whole thing. Lovely, lovely. Uh, Now, the best biscuits... It's weird because I don't want to. Like, I think honestly, the biscuits I've enjoyed most are probably going to be some sort of Fortnum and Mason bullshit that I, I managed to get once. Yeah, no. Let's let's limit this to publicly available biscuits. We're, we're not, not going aspirational biscuits. No, not for the minority. I am going to cut this, but I want to think for like ten, fifteen seconds about this. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Because okay. I know what it is. Great. Jammy Dodgers. Okay, so you're saying Jammy Dodgers. Never going to turn down a Jammy Dodger. They're you're fun to look at. F- fun to say. Fun to eat. Yep. They Minimum do have an un- mess. Well, they've got an unfortunate crumbling because they've got that shortcake. Yeah, but it's biscuit. stuck together with the jam. That's true. And they, ha- they have little hearts on, which is lovely. Yeah, who doesn't want to turn up to a role-playing game? See a little plate of those arrayed beautifully. Oh, Can hear the, hear the kettle boiling. Oh, Welcoming. That's nice. I will. I will say, is it boiling my wine? Because that's what I drink when I roleplay. But sure, <laughs> no, it's boiling okay. tea for you. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll have wine later. Yes. What, what are you saying then? So, I'm saying that I would agree with you on the Jammy Dodger for roleplaying. However, the best biscuit is mm-hmm. the ginger nut. Now, hmm. the ginger nut is a delicious biscuit. Yeah. Can't be denied, unless you don't True. like ginger, which one you're wrong. Yeah, but like, there's something exotic about the ginger. There's something exotic about them. Mm-hmm. They're not too big, but they are dense. 
They've, they've got a nice chew. They've got a nice chew, and they're perfect for dipping. They don't just disappear on you. That's true. Rich tea, that's just... You Rich... might as well put tissue paper in. Yep. It's just rice paper in the wind. Yeah. But the ginger nut, get it at the mm. right angle, bit of a bite. Mm. I think it's been a full fucking decade since I've had a ginger nut. And I think that that's upsetting, because they are so good. I'm going to go out today, after we finish recording this, and buy a bag. Buy, buy bag, a pack. A packet? A, pa- yeah. a sack. A- Get me a satchel of ginger nut. <laughs> That's the word I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Can I just complain about wagon wheels for a sec? Oh, please. Fuck wagon wheels. Oh, who thinks that's okay? Well, because you've got that sort of mallow in them, which is not nice. They're far too big. Yeah. It was always it was always other kids who had them, and I didn't want one, but I did want one because they looked kind of nice and chocolatey. But then the the, the the cruelest crime of wagon wheels is that fucking biscuit layer. Yep. That soggy ass biscuit dog shit layer. Although I, you're talking about crimes, I think that there is a further crime to the environment. <laughs> biscuit crimes. There's a further crime to the environment that they are individually wrapped. Well, that's. I mean, in, in my head, I was like, "Well, that, that, that's 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 so they stay fresh." But they don't, do they? No, they bloody don't. They bloody don't. You see, they've taken the idea. They've taken the humble and also superlative tea cake. Flattened it and perverted it for Northerners. <laughs> oh, Some, something about wagon wheels reminds me of living in the North. I don't know what that, I don't know whether that's accurate or not. I think is that is that racist? I think it is a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Anyway, it's a perversion. It's not, a rivalry. I'll not, I'll not fucking stand for it. <laughs> <laughs> Come with me to the barricades. Step up to the wall, brothers. <laughs> Brother, I have a question for you. I ask. And this question comes in from Antonio Banderas, who hasn't written into the show in a long time. So thank you so much, Antonio Banderas. Oh. And if you're if you're if you're interested in whether it's the whether it's the one you've heard of, in brackets after the words Antonio Banderas and Banderas, he's written yes that one. Oh, so it's definitely him. It's him, yeah, which is really exciting. So hello, Ant- Antonio, or should I say, Buenos dias? Yes, you should. He says. What is the most effort you've put, you have put into content for players before the game, or in bracket in inverted commas between sessions? Is it ever as worthwhile as you hope? Um, what I tend to do for players is mm, what's the most the most the most effort. Um, I do. I've done pre-game emails, sort of in-character emails. Mm. Um, setting up plots and stuff. You've done pre-game games, and, I, and I've done pre-game and between-game games. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can do side plots and personal story like stuff, one-on-one stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and honestly, yeah, it, it was as worthwhile as I hoped. Mm. Um, I'm terrible at doing things like props. Yeah, props are hard, and like that handouts. that that sort of content. Well, I think the issue with handouts is what 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 if anything changes. <laughs> yeah, then the especially with with our style of D of of D and of DMing. Yeah, like if something changes, you've just got you just wasted two hours of yeah. tea staining a piece of paper. I, I kind of do want to have a GM that puts that much effort in, though. Yes, you know, and a little part of me would love to be that GM. You know, how did GM write, uh, write me a ransom note once? That was fun. Oh, what did he kidnap? It, it, it had been pre-prepared. Um, uh, my character. <laughs> oh, oh no! Sorry, no. So it wasn't my character. It was it was our barbarian he'd kidnapped. Oh well. Um, 
because the barbarian was 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 GMing that session. Right. Um, so we had to go rescue her. That's quite nice. In, in a hat fight. Point is, um, I've I don't put effort in. <laughs> one time, the one time I did, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story now. The time I put an effort, it, it, was, it was for that. It was for that same campaign we're talking about there, uh, and I did a big. Uh, my players said, "Grant, we really like. We did. We did like a, a fight in the forest against some gobos for a while, which was fun. And then we had a um, like a an undersea, like an an, an underground cavern carcosa mission against fungal monsters. Nice. That was really cool. It was fun." And then the players, the players were like, "We we we really like this campaign, but could we maybe talk to a person once?" I was like, "Oh, all right, fine." I'm sorry. So, are you the dungeon master? Sorry, I'm the master of dungeons, not the master of. Oh, a lovely conversation. Get hey, out. Oh, would you like a cup of tea? I have some feelings. Fuck off. Sorry. Get a fuck. Get a fuck. Point is, I said yes like a fool. And I came up, I came up with with a city based campaign, and so I had like it was, it was in the city of somewhere, and it was uh, it was this big sort of cosmopolitan city, and I based it roughly on um, Istanbul, and so I had these different these different districts, and I plotted out the districts, and I had plot hooks for every for every player, and I wrote down that I wrote down that the major like the the, 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 ma- the major um, factions in the city and connected them, and I had an A three bit of paper with a relationship map sketched out on it, and in quite small writing as well, and I had like oh and like and like this idea for a bit of a dungeon here or a rooftop chase over here, oh, that was all cool yeah cool that's fine, that's fine. the players turned up. And I delivered my first plot hook, which was someone absconding with a with a holy relic across the rooftops from the church of one of the players. Mm-hmm. And the wizard and the cleric stood in the rooftop and was like, "Do you want to chase him?" No, it looks really dangerous. No, okay, cool. <laughs> and they just, they just, they just, they just quit. Meanwhile, across town, the like the the other two characters, I'd made up stuff for them. I so I'd, I'd made stuff up, up, made stuff up for them. And they were having a whale of a time. They invented Albert dueling. It all sort of happened, and like there was a finishing school slash bar, and like we we had a great time telling stories. And what I improvised, everyone enjoyed much more than stuff that I spent hours working on before. And my point on is it ever as worthwhile as you hope, Antonio? And again, thank you for writing in. It's always good to have such a high profile listener. Is if you do prep for a game, then you had theoretically infinite time to do it. <laughs> yes, you had, um, and that, that's not strictly true, but. Especially if you're doing like, especially like with the first session of a campaign or what have you, you've got loads of time to do it. Which means when you use something you prepared, that is the best you could do, or the best you were willing to do, as opposed to just having an idea and rolling with it and then making it all happen. Because the players are going to be much more forgiving and also more involved in stuff that you make up on the spot. Yeah, and plus the stuff you make up on the spot is going to be involving their ideas and what yeah. they're interested in and focused on, rather than what yeah. you're interested in and focused on. Now I will say one thing, it is kind of fun running dungeon crawls. I did like we do plot dungeons sometimes. We do plot out sort of, you know, mysteries and adventures and things like that and riddles. Um but for the major like the majority of stuff, when when it's exciting, it's something which which we have not planned. It's something which the like the player suggests something, you have an idea in your head and you mar- you marry those together. And I think all the planning you can do is not going to equal being able to be dynamic and reactive and being open and listening and working with the players and treating each other like adults. Yeah, and I mean, even when we've done adventures, when we've written adventures, yeah, they're more frameworks for improvisation than they are anything else. Yeah. They're platform. Which has been really difficult. 
It's, it is really difficult, but we we haven't done, and then this happens, and then yeah. this happens, and you go here, and then this yeah. happens. Because We've gone, these are the major players. This is what's happening. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like on, on, on a slight aside, I was just a uh, chap tweeted last night, I forget the name of him, um, and he was saying how um, the Adventure Zone and um, uh, Critical Role and Geek and Sundry and all these things are are the porn of role-playing games. Right, and that, you, and that you watch them, and they're slightly produced, and every and like, and like the plot, the plot rattles along, and it's got sound effects, and everyone's like good looking and professional, and that isn't how games work. No, like that isn't actually how they work, and like you can, like when people, uh, I remember we did an actual play recording of uh, of Unbound, we did it on YouTube, and some guy was saying, mm, "You're saying mm and um a lot." I was like, "Yeah, it's an actual fucking play." <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> not edited. This is how humans talk. <laughs> this is how it works. We just we just put a camera on, and um, I think that 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 sort of that sort of exposition in that it's not it's not professional. It's not um, prepared. It's not slick. And I think that there's a uh, you can you can worry yourself too much and have it and like try to detail an entire world and try to de- try to detail everything so it's slick and prepared for your players. But at the end of the day, you can't plan an improv scene um, and have it work well unless you unless you massively shut down your players' options. Yeah, which just isn't fun. No, neither is this question. Can we move on? Let <laughs> <laughs> uh, me see. What questions haven't we answered? Owen asks, PC on PC dickery, how much is too much? Does Owen say whether it's sex or violence? As it how, were. Uh, how much is too much? It just says PC on okay, PC cool. dickery. I assume um, it means being a dick to each other. Right, okay, cool. Um, I think that some is fun, but don't. Just don't. Okay? Like, in any given place you're in in a role playing game, there's going to be a world of villains against you, and like the environment is going to try and stop you. And 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 you don't need to like to, like like to mistrust the other guy. And sure, like everyone's heard a story where it's like, oh, actually, uh, oh, actually, I played a paladin in my game, and I was actually devoted to the goddess of strangling, and I managed to hide it for many years, and it was very good, and everyone gave me a big round of applause at the end. And it's like that's cool. I'm glad that worked for you. And I'm glad that worked for your group, but there's going to be 20 other stories for every one of those, which is like, yeah, it turns out our paladin was a dick, so we drowned him. Yeah. And, like, it's just, like, it isn't, it isn't hugely fun. And also, like, it involves, I, th- I, th- I think, what, like, one of the worst methods of dickery, quite aside from, like, beating each other up and sort of, like, impinging on each other's liberties and stuff, which is always boring, but it's hiding information from each other and going off and doing your own plots. Oh and, yeah, that's terrible. And like, like I don't, I don't mind like players, like characters need to have things going on which aren't just the story. Like they need to have desires and wants, and it's nice to have them fleshed out as a as, as a character that isn't just there to tell you know the adventure of walking through a dungeon, killing people with shoes, and taking their shoes. But if you go off and you take the GM for half an hour, and then the other players go. Oh, oh! So, what did you find? And the, and it's like, ah, oh, I'm not interested in telling. You. I want to keep this to myself. No, no, you've just wasted half an hour of some, of everybody's time. And like, and like, worse, like if if the GM was there and you all know, but you're not allowed to reference it. In any way. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think I think there's a huge difference between dickery and conflict. Yes. Interplayer conflict is interesting. That's like, oh, we've got different motivations. Oh, we've got the the stuff happening. And like, I'm going to steal your magic items when you're not looking. Yeah. Oh, my days. Yeah. That petty shit. Yeah. Don't be petty. Don't ever be petty. Yeah. I think if you you ever want to, you know, like do stuff which might impinge on, on, on another character if, you, if, you, if you're doing stuff which, which which would like would upset someone or you can see someone being upset or someone says hey I'm upset like it's it's entirely fine to be like hey actually sorry I thought this was cool um, is this not cool if it's not we can talk about that because I assume you're all adults and I don't want children to listen to this podcast <laughs> we say the bad word dicks we say the bad word we haven't talked about dicks in ages no we haven't I think I, I think we're in da- we're in danger of losing our brain. Can you send us some questions about penises, please, or like, <laughs> any sort of genitals is fine. But role playing based ones, yeah. Or honestly, obs. honestly, cloacas. That's the that's the real. Oh, mystery. that's the new hotness. Oh, I love it. What's going on down there? Madness. It's, it's all madness. so tidy. Everything in, everything out. Let's dance. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not dance. Let's not, not dance with a chicken. In. Yeah, um, I'd dance with a chicken. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, I think it would actually. Especially if one of those chickens have the big sort of like feather trousers on. Yes, it's beautiful girls. I love it. <laughs> Old timey lingerie. Yeah, yeah. Like frills. I think I think it's gorgeous. Um, for the other one, I'm, 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 I do not want to have sex with a chicken. I just think they they look very cool. Chickens with big with big trousers on. Yeah. On the alternative route, PC on PC dickings. <laughs> that's a thing that should happen yeah yeah why not oh no I, I, I agree with you I just I, I was in, what I was saying is yeah go on rather oh okay than, rather than, than it sounded yeah, like a shut your whore mouth it sounded like a yeah <laughs> what yeah really here on my well, it's podcast it, it's interesting if the if the players have proper interpersonal relationships like yeah intimate uh, interpersonal relationships, yeah, and like, like you don't have to, you know, talk about all the squishy bits, bump it together. No, you don't have to. You don't have to detail the thing, but just like, yes, now there's yeah. bonking. Yeah, now the hate that word. Bon- what was it? The bonking. Bonking. I hate it. I think I, I like bumping uglies less. That is fair, but I still hate bonking. Bonking. It's so. I guess it's kind of fun. It's a fun word, and sex is often fun. Yeah, but it just... You know, sex doesn't have to be totally serious. No, but it just sounds... Fucking. <laughs> Grimy fucking. Grimy fucking. What am I? I'm rooting. Oh, bonking just sounds like... The, it sounds like onomatopoeia for dropping something. That's true, yeah. I mean, it is bonking for, 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 for hitting a metal object. <laughs> Bang. Dang. <laughs> Why don't you ask me another question? Why don't I ask you the last question? The last one. Guybrush asks, Will we ever see a completely new resolution system for games? I.e. one that doesn't use dice, cards, or Jenga. Or are dice really just all that? I think, honestly, dice are super easy and cheap. Yeah. I think that's one of the... One of the... It was the 70s, man. We got to move ahead. <laughs> we, are, we are still using 8-tracks. No, but we are still using random number generators. Yeah, that's true, yeah. What we need is a random number generator with a predictable curve. Do we need a random number generator? 
No, there are diceless RPGs. There are diceless RPGs, and there's also, as, as he says, there are Jenga-based RPGs. Uh, that's, that's the thing. Like, I guess that, that's kind of a skill-based RPG in as much skill as Jenga involved. Yes. Involves, you know, so like some. But overall, what you, what you need is, is a certain random variable, something out mm-hmm. of your control, mm-hmm. um, plus some variables that are within your control. Mm. I mean, you, you don't need a variable. No, you so don't need you, a variable. You, you, you but... don't need a random variable. Like, you can have... Um, a, a role-playing game should have, I think, means of measuring story elements. Yes, and so, but... And, like, being able to use those story elements to affect the story. But what I'm saying is that most RPGs do have that random number element. Yes. And dice are the best thing for that because they are cheap. They're pocketable. They're pocketable. They come in fun colours. Mm. And they're predictable in that there's a there's a limit to them. Yeah. You know, it's a d10 always get, rolls between 1 and 10. It's not going to get thrown. A d10 is not going to suddenly roll 17. Exactly. And you can predict various variables and you can you can plot the curve of of the of the numbers. All right. Well, let's ask Skybrush Skybrush's follow-up question then, which is yep. what technical or design innovations do you hope the future holds for RPGs? Technical, I think when we get a sort of extra paradigm shift on tablets and laptops smartphones for me is what I'm interested in yeah when they go to that next stage of interactivity yeah. I like, think that's going to really help because like tried doing D&D online didn't they and they mm. had sort of like, like you can have your dungeon online and it's got all the stats on there like it nearly landed but like the whole sort of virtual thing didn't take from what I could tell no um, and you, like Roll20 seems to, be, seems to be doing pretty well but what I want to do is the idea of like um, Space Team Yes. So Space Team, for those who aren't in the know, is one of my favourite multiplayer games. You are on a ship trying to outrun that exploding sun. And you have a series of buttons which have randomly generated names on them. And you get instructions flash up on your screen and you might have the button or someone else on your team might have the button. And sometimes the buttons fall off and sometimes there's wormholes and asteroids and stuff. And it's a bit like... it's, it's It's a way of... It's a beautifully created game where it abstracts the bit in a like a bit like in 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 a sci-fi show or a submarine film where they they're all on the bridge and they're yelling instructions at each other it does that beautifully without actually having to know anything about the thing plus it has a charming theme song space team you were on a space team <laughs> get ready for the space team yay it's great <laughs> um the what I like about that is that it is, it is everyone sitting around on their phones, but they're playing a game they couldn't play on their own. They're not playing with people who are separate. They're playing and they're communicating in real time. And I think because the games last about 10 minutes, um, it's not such an issue on battery life. The issue is the standard length of a role-playing game is about four hours. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, little bit, a little bit less long now that you know I'm, I'm a bit older. I don't quite have the stamina to keep going for six hours like I used to when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I think the main issue we've got now is battery power in that everyone has a incredibly power, an incredibly powerful computer in their pocket and sorry not everyone but the majority of people who I sit around gaming tables with have access to a computer in their pocket at all times which can run a tremendous amount of shit yeah and we also tend to play in places that have Wi-Fi yeah so you got access to the internet and 
Yeah, so like you can you can create local networks around that, and you can create shared rooms, and then start using those using the communication between you to to do something fun, and not just like storing your character sheet on there. But like Chris and I have been chatting for years about how how you could do horror games which have different information for different players. Yeah, that and the ability to good fun. and the ability to send that quickly and effortlessly is yeah. what needs to happen. Because at the moment you can do that. I mean, essentially you send a text message, you yeah. know. But the heart that use a chat room. It's not smooth. It's not smooth. It's not efficient. It doesn't. You don't. You don't have the ability to craft how that information looks. No, and 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 things like you can't have. Uh, let's say, for example, uh, you've got a um, a wound which is um, which is slowly leaking blood. Let's say, like, uh, unless uh, unless unless you tap your screen every minute, um, you start losing hit points. Yeah, and stuff like that. That, that of, level uh, of interactivity, like like sort of like mini games, as it were, but mini games which aren't just layered on top, but which 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 gel with the system. I mean, the thing. Be honest with you, Chris. This isn't a role playing side thing. What I really want to do, I want to have a mech game, right? So I, so I'm I'm in a giant robot, right? Mm. I'm piloting my giant robot in an arcadey action game. You know, jet thrusters, laser cannons, chain fists, what have you, and. My my lovely wife is sat on the sofa watching with a tablet, and she's playing Mission Control. Yeah, and so I'm running around like pew 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 pew, pew lasers, and she's like, "All right, enemy reinforcements are coming." So she 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 pulls up her tablet and then just traces around me and drops a barricade in place to take all the enemy fire. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be. Can amazing. we do that? How do I get that? I guess because like I guess you fund a multi-million dollar. The Barrett's entry is monumental. Yeah. In that you need a console and a tablet and a second player, but gosh, it would be nice. Wouldn't that asymmetric, be fun? Asymmetric multiplayer is lovely. Yeah, it really Asymmet- is. Asymmetric cooperative multiplayer. Yeah, I'd love to see that. There's so much fun to be had by having different roles you do, and I think like you end up you end up in a sort of asymmetric uh, multiplayer role when like when you look at stuff like um, your your mobas. And even something like uh, like player unknowns battlegrounds, for example, if if one of you has a sniper rifle and the other one of you has a shotgun, then you're using very different tactics. Although most of them are absorb bullets with your head. If, you know, that's yeah, to, that's how it works. To go by, but you're still like you're you're performing different roles in that team. It's not like you're all guy with gun. You know. Yeah. And like our paladins or Overwatch, you're filling a different role. But I'd love to see stuff. With, well, I'd love to see competitive, uh, cooperative games rather than just sort of mashing characters against each other until they until one of you dies. This has been a low energy ending, and I'm sorry. <laughs> but it would have been awesome if we had that mech game with the drawing, the barriers, and the greatness. And, and like, and like, and like, she could be like, "Oh, looks like you need some fire support." And that also because this, this is like we're we're filming it for like, uh, for like oh, can be on the switch, you know. It'd be on the Switch. Or it could be on a console that people own. We... Mate, everyone's got a Switch. Nobody's got a Switch. Mate, it's just you who doesn't have one. It's not like the Wii U. Nobody's got a Switch. Everyone's got Switches. I'm sorry. It's only bad games on the Switch. No, oh, oh, God. No, <laughs> no, I'm so, okay, it's not like the Wii. I'm sorry. It's different now. Mm-hmm. It has Zelda on it. Didn't the Wii have Zelda? Anyway. Not a great Zelda. Anyway, point is... The switch, the, the switch is interesting in a way. It's got, it's got Mario Odyssey. It's got the song on it. You do love the song. Come on and jump up super high on the sky. It's, it's a song that is about Super Mario. 
Anyway, while we argue about this, we should probably end the podcast. Yes, we'll go. We'll go. Thank you for listening to episode 53 of Hearty Dice Friends. If you like this, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Hearty Dice Friends and sling us some cash ola. You can you can sidle up to us in internet terms and without saying a word, push a tenner in our top pocket. We will accept it. We will accept it. If you want to get in touch with us, you can go to HDF Podcast on Twitter, or you can send us an email at heartydicefriends at gmail.com, or go to our website, Rowan, Rick, and Deckard, where there is a link to ask the Hearty Dice Friends a question where you can fill out a form. We try to make it as easy as possible for you to ask us a question so we can drop our wisdom on you. If you want to see the games we're doing, we just released one. Quite a big one. We just released Spire, which is our biggest game to date. Uh, in the unlikely event you haven't heard of Spire and you're listening to this podcast uh, it is a fantasy punk role playing game where you play drow fighting uh, cruel high elves in a mile high city crumbling from inside and out it's it's pretty good and it's not just me who says that it's really good someone on twitter said it looks rad as fuck I assume they hadn't read it yet but I'm taking that as a review <laughs> print it if, so if you're interested, you can go to the, like those places we just mentioned. Um, RoanRickandDeckard.com will get you there and you can have a look at Spire. Um, we are super excited to be putting out a big, serious thing. Because we spend a lot of time being very daft. But there's there's some humour in Spire, but it's not daft. It's not silly. Yeah. And that's been that's been a real challenge just to hold character <laughs> for that long. to reel that back in. Oh, just to reel it in. So we've taken ourselves seriously. If you're interested in seeing what happens when we take ourselves seriously go for it also if you're interested in hearing me talk also if you're interested in hearing me talk about stuff i've been on a couple of podcasts recently um kind of to plug spire but also just because it sort of happened i'm on uh the roll to play podcast and the vgc network on youtube there's a video and audio of the same interview but if you want to hear me talk at length about duck cocks and bitch about the industry they're not the duck cocks industry, the role playing game industry. Oh, then, business um, is booming. Business is booming. Um, then you can go and check me out on that. Uh, also, I'm on the Coaching for Geeks podcast. I think it's coming out in a week or two, uh, where I do the same thing, but slightly drunker and slightly shorter. <laughs> Snappy. Um, we love you. Come here. No, come closer. Come like do that. Stand, stand on. Stand on Chris's feet. Like, 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 no, 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 like, like, like you're, because they're tiny. Like, oh, okay. like they're a child, like, like they're a, chi- a child dancing with you at a wedding. Yep. Stand on Chris's feet. Then I'm going to come in behind you, and then all three of us are going to do a sort of waltz. Uh, Isn't it nice? It's slightly awkward, but I'm enjoying shh, myself. Shh, 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 shh. The problem is, Chris, I imagine the average listener is probably significantly shorter than both of us, so we can't really see them at this point. <laughs> Super awkward. But this is nice, and we hope you enjoy dancing with us here in Paris as the sun sets on another beautiful Parisian springtime morning. Uh, evening. Goodbye! Goodbye! Goodbye.